If you have your Bibles this morning, I want to read in Hebrews. That verse where the writer of Hebrews is talking. Basically, you can take chapter 6, the latter part of chapter 6 where I'm going to be reading from. And then basically what the writer is saying, if you don't have Jesus, you don't have nothing. That's basically what this, this is what this writer here is saying in Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter, I'm going to start in verse 17. Yeah, she got 17. It says, Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise of the inhumility of His counsel, confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable things, and that immutable means unchangeable, we serve a God this morning that He's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Malachi 3.6 says, I am the Lord your God, I change not. And I'm thankful today that we serve a God that does not change. Because I don't know about you, but I, I change in just a, every little wind. We're very bad. Listen, it's not just me. We're all bad about, we all want to get in the latest fad. Amen? We all want the newest thing out there. And God said, I'm, I'm more than that. I'm the same yesterday, I'm the same today, and I'll be the same as I always have been forever and ever and ever. And that's the anchor this morning. That's the immutable thing that God gives us, and we need that because we are a people that likes to change. And God says, I'll be there for you in the storms. I'll be there for you when you're up on the mountain. I'll be there for you when the times are bad. I'll be there for you when you're having that hard depression time in your life. I'll be there when you're on drugs, when you're on alcohol. I'll be there for you. And we need to serve a God because we need an anchor this morning for our souls. I don't know about you, but I need that anchor every day of my life. And if you're honest this morning, we all need that kind of anchor that we can hold on to. Because he said there's two immutable things that God does for us. Things that never change. He says, by which, it, number one, it's impossible for God to lie. And he says that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for the refuge to lay hold of the hope that is set before us. Now he goes in verse 19, he says, the hope that's set before us. Now he says, this hope. This hope we have as an anchor of our soul, or of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever and ever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Heavenly Father, we just thank you today, Lord, that we serve you, that you're an unchangeable God. Lord, that you're an anchor that no matter what I'm going through or this church body is going through, or no matter what anybody goes through, Lord, you're still the same. You're still there. You're the rock. And Lord, we just need to attach our rope to that this morning that is steady and that is sure and will never, never fade away. Heavenly Father, I pray today that you'll speak to us in a mighty way that, Lord, that your spirit will be real to us. That your word will become alive to us today. Not just a book, but Lord, words that have been penned through the power of your spirit. And Lord, for someone that come in this morning that's hurting, that feels like they've been tossed to and fro. And Lord, I, I just pray today through your spirit, you encourage them to attach their rope. 
to the anchor that's of their soul, and that's in Jesus Christ. Because, Lord, without you, it doesn't matter what this government does. It doesn't matter what this country does. It doesn't matter if you're a Republican, Democrat. You're still the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You haven't changed. You're still the same. And, Lord, I pray that you'll bring some stability in our lives, in our souls, in our spirits this morning. Give us encouragement. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I read something this week that I thought was funny that probably would fit here with me when I preached. There was a preacher one day, and as he got up to preach, Randy, he stood, and he told his congregation, he said, I got three sermons in my hand today that I, I really want to preach. He said, the first one, he said, the first sermon is a $1,000 sermon. He said, it'll only last five minutes. He said, the second sermon I have here, it's a $500 sermon. It'll only last 15 minutes. He said, this third sermon I got, he said, is a $50 sermon, and it only lasts five minutes. He looked around and he said, now, before I prepare to decide what sermon we're going to preach, he said, I want the ushers to come forward. We're going to take up an offering. <laughs> Amen. And I thought about that today. As I was thinking this week of, of the shape that America is in. There's so many people out there that are scared and don't know what the future is with America. Well, nobody knows. Jesus Christ knows. I know with all the government shut down and everybody says, Boy, thank listen, you're going to see people flooding to the feet of the cross. Because that's the only thing that's stable. <laughs> I don't care what job you have today, it's not stable. You say, I don't know, my company I work for, we've never had a layoff. It doesn't matter. It's not stable. There's people out there that thought they would have jobs forever. And now, look at them now. They don't have it. People are turning more to something that is sure. Something that will never change. And, 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 and it is the Word of God. It is in Jesus Christ. He'll never change. I don't care what the latest fads are that even come through the church or, or the latest fads in America. It doesn't matter. Jesus says, I'm the same. I'm, not, I'm better than the hottest thing out there. Because, listen, I don't wanna, God says, I don't want to be a Billy Ray Cyrus song. Amen? A one-hit wonder in your life. I want to be real. And if y'all don't know who Billy Ray is, that's Miley's daddy, okay? Y'all know who she is. He's a big one-hit wonder. Remember that song? Achy, breaky heart. That's it. God says, I want to be more than an achy, breaky heart to your life. Amen? Here today and gone tomorrow, I want to be there for you long past... You just give your heart to me. I want to be with you every day. I want to be your anchor. And that's what Paul, I, I think Paul wrote the book of Hebrews. It says in the Bible that they really don't know who the writer was, but Paul knew the Old Testament law, and I brought a rope today. Yeah, I told him if we couldn't get him to the altar, we was going to hang him. <laughs> Amen. We're going to rope him on into Jesus this morning. But what is at the end of your rope this morning? Is your rope hooked to the anchor, which is Jesus Christ, which is sure and steadfast? Listen, you say, well, why are you preaching on this this morning? Because if you don't get this right this morning, of what your rope's tied to, you're going to be tossed to and fro. You're going to be up here, down here every week. You're going to be an emotional wreck. Not knowing what to believe, where to go, what to do if you're not hooked and tied to the anchor, which is a sure, fast anchor. It'll never move, which is Jesus Christ. That's why we got people jumping from church to church. I see them all the time. I'll talk to them today. They'll come to Pleasant Hill for six months. And then they had another church for six months. 
Then they're at another church in two years. Then they're at another church. And another... God finally wants to speak to our spirit and says, Quit chasing the fads. And tie your rope to something that will never move. And I love that because... Go back to that verse, Tina, in, in 17 through, through 20 there in Hebrews. I want to give you a little illustration of what this rope really means. Because it says, thus God determined to show more abundantly to the heirs. He, he's talking about God give promises. There's, there's so many promises in God's Word. And, and He wants us to grab a hold of them promises. And, and, and number one, He said, God can't lie. How many of y'all believe that this morning? God cannot lie. He, he has always held true to His Word. The second thing is, He says, is He's a refuge for us and this hope. He says, I've got a hope for you, which is an anchor. God is our refuge and strength this morning. Amen? I don't care what you're going through, what you've been in. You may be going through something right now. And if you're fighting it on your own, all you are, your rope's not tied to Jesus. It's tied to something else. And as long as my rope is tied to something else, is all it's going to do is drag me around through life and lead me in the wrong direction. Amen. But, and then that's what Paul, that's what I believe Paul is saying, that two immutable things in which it's impossible for God to lie, that we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope. Listen, the strength is in the anchor, it's not in me. Amen. The strength is in the anchor, not in you. I don't care how smart you are, what your college degree is, how much schooling, or how, how good a talker you are. You, listen, you've got to lay hold of that which laid hold of you first, which was Jesus Christ. And he says, this hope. What is this hope? This hope, he's talking about, a lot of times when we think of hope, we think of hope as wishful thinking. Well, I hope, I hope, my, I hope my car don't run out of gas and I get to the station. I'm on E. I hope I make it there. Hunting season's coming up, and I guarantee you, I've done it. There's guys in here. Boy, I hope that big monster comes out in the morning. I'm going to shoot him with an arrow. I'm going to stick him if he comes up. I'm hoping. I hope I get that job. I hope my kids act right. Amen. I hope, 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 listen, is, is more mental to us because it's a wishful thinking. We, we hope that it happens. But when you, when you turn to hope in, in God's Word, hope is a fact in God's Word. It's a fact, it's a promise that you can count on. Hope is the substance of things, what? Hope for evidence of things not seen. But we think that we think that we hope that we make it. I hope I get my job. I hope I make that ball. I hope I make an A on... That was mine in school. I hope I make good on that grade. On that test. I hope I make good grades. But we can't just sit back and just hope is wishful thinking. But when it comes to God's Word, it's a fact. The Bible says that God will never change. I can do all things through Christ which strengthen me. Romans eight twenty eight. It says that He works all things together for the good to those that love Him. Jesus will never forsake us. He'll never leave us. Oh, I can go on and on. I can stand here for 30 minutes quoting you spiritual hope that is fact. And we have to place our faith. When, you, when you're tying in to Jesus Christ, you're tying in to hope that you're tying into a fact. 
Amen. I, I need a, I need to get a chair. I got to get somebody to show y'all. I'm carrying this rope around all day. I'll get tripped. Next thing you know, I'll be laying on the ground tied up, man. Is let's put everybody right here in the light. You want to be my guinea pig? Zach, come here. You're, I need somebody that's pretty good size. I don't think we can get no bigger than him, amen? He's a pretty big boy. He's a pretty big anchor, amen? You can sit right there in that chair. That way, if I get to preaching, you can just sit there. You don't even have to move. That's what Paul is. Go back to that one, Tina, in Hebrews. Chapter 19, I mean verse 19 in Hebrews. He says, This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil. And you're sitting there thinking, why would he say that there's an anchor to our soul, which he's talking about Jesus. But then he goes on and says, which is the presence behind the veil. In the Old Testament, when the priest carried the, the Ark of the Covenant, was behind the veil in the Holy of Holies. Remember, I've preached on it many times. Inside it was a, a jar of manna, the Ten Commandments, and Aaron's rod was inside that box. That box represented the presence of God. Wherever the Israelites went, they carried that box with them. It was a holy, holy box. And one time a year, when that would be set in the middle of the temple, in the Holy of Holies, a high priest that would come Consecrated, set apart, purified was the only one that could go in, not just through the first court, not through the second court, but into the Holy of Holies, the inner court. Is what it calls it in the Old Testament where, where the Ark of the Covenant set with the two cherubims facing each other with their wings face to face. It was a holy, holy place. And I'm afraid today that we don't, we just kind of read over that. We don't know what really the holy presence of God... Listen, if, God's, if we recognize the presence of God, every one of these shoes would be off this morning inside His sanctuary. When Moses seen God at the burning bush, what did God tell him? Moses, take your shoes off. You're standing on holy ground. He said it to Joshua later. Take your shoes off. You're on holy ground. You just don't go into the presence of God with sin in your life and just looking and acting and thinking the way you want to. You'll come out dead. You say, really? In the Old Testament, that's why the priest had to go into the Holy of Holies. He was set apart, consecrated, ceremonial washings, all of it. And prayed up. When he went inside that Holy of Holies, I, personally, I would be scared to death. They tied a rope around his waist. They took a rope, just like this. And said, okay, Father John, let's tie you up. I hope you pray. <laughs> you know them Israelites were thinking that. They may not have told him out public. They're going, man, let's tie, let's, let's tie the preacher up. But, well, I sure hope he's asked God to forgive him. Because man, where he's going, whew. here, put this on, preacher. You know, and they put this around his waist. And they would tie it around him and say, go to God and have him bless Israel upon our sins. Make a sin offering for us. And that priest would go into the most holy part where only a Levite could go, a set-apart person, would go into that part, and he would go in and make a sin offering for all of Israel. On their behalf, he, he would go in. Listen, the Holy of Holies, if he was not 
prayed up, purified up, the ceremonial laws that they did. If he wasn't like that, that's why the rope was around his waist. Because if something was wrong, God would strike him dead. Boom! And then they would take and say, he wasn't prayed up. (laughs) And they would pull him out of the Holy of Holies. Why? Because they couldn't enter. Behind the veil. The behind the veil is where the presence of God is. That's why that verse says, both sure and steadfast. You say, well, it still don't make sense, Brother George. It says, which enters the presence behind the veil. Now let's zoom about 2,000, 4,000 years in the future, a man named Jesus. He comes and, and dies upon a cross. And they hang him there. And they put him in a tomb for three days. He's resurrected. That's why we worship and that's why we're here today. It's because Jesus... Why did Jesus Christ go to the cross? To die for our sins. We was not holy enough to go behind that veil. We couldn't do it. I don't care how good you are. You couldn't go in that holy of holies. That's where the blue, the blue flame come up on top of the ark. It was called the Shekinah glory. And there's people saying, and I know, well, I just don't believe there's no flames or no box. Ask you, Zion, that was carrying the box to Jerusalem, and it tilted a little bit, and he said, whoa, 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 let me stop it. What happened to him? He died instantly. Listen, don't play around with the holiness of God. You say, well, this is 2014, Brother George. It's a different... The Bible says in Matthew 3, 6, I am your Lord God, I change not. I don't change. I still look at holy, what's holy? What's pure is pure. It's still the same God we're serving. But now Jesus has died on the cross. You say, well, man, that's tough. We can't get in there. We would die. Yes. But that's why Jesus came and died on the cross and made a one-time sin atonement offering and died for the sins of the world. He died on the cross for every. That's why the Bible says in John 3.16, For God so loved the world. Not just Jews or Gentiles or whites or blacks or Mexican or any of that. He died for red, yellow, black, and white. He died for every person on this earth. He died for them. And so when Jesus died... And when when he died, he he went to the gates of hell and and got the keys of death and was victorious over the devil. He just wasn't laying there three days, guys. He was contending for your souls and my souls of this world. Amen. He was bringing ultimate, ultimate victory. He said, there's God. I'm going to make a way for, for that person, that believer, to come behind the veil and have holy communion with me. And it's going to be so great. We're going to fellowship together. But I first, I have to go to the cross. And he went to that cross and died. Now, when Jesus was on the cross before he died, he said to her, it is finished. At the moment in Matthew says, when he, when he said it's finished and he gave up his last breath, and he died or passed away, the Bible says the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom. Here it goes. Yeah, I mean, it's a great picture. Them curtains that separated man from God were now ripped wide open. Now, there wasn't more than just a priest could come in there. Anybody could come into the presence of God. It wasn't just a Jew. It wasn't just a certain sect or a certain religion or denomination. Thank God. Amen. 
We got a lot of denominations think they got it anyway. Amen. They think they are it. I got news for them. Jesus Christ died for everyone. If you're a saved child of God, you're in the body this morning. You're in Jesus Christ. There's no denomination gets you there but through the blood. Through the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful for that. Because he died for just just an old redneck like me. They didn't deserve it, Carrie. But he went on that cross and died that that veil could be opened up so I could access him. You say, what do you mean, Brother George? This week coming up, the devil's going to come and maybe even attack me. Before Jesus Christ, and I know I'm not preaching near what I give her, but that's all right. We may have part two next week. Because you don't get this part, your anchor will never matter. It'll never matter if you don't get this. But Jesus, when that, when that veil was rent from top to bottom, he made a way. Because this week, the devil's going to come and attack. If, he, if that veil hadn't been ripped through the death of Jesus, the devil would have heyday with each and every one of us every week. Amen. You'd be running back and forth to your pastor or your preacher, your, your pope. Amen? Amen? And say, pray for me, pray for me, please pray for me, Brother George. Man, I wouldn't get to do nothing, guys. My dear season would be shot. <laughs> be doing from daylight to dark is taking your prayer request and going to God with them. Amen? But now you don't need Brother George. You can be in your car on the way to the job and the devil comes and attacks your mind. You can just enter in behind that veil in the sweet arms of Jesus Christ. Because he died and give you that sweet, sweet rest. And so we need to understand that's how we have an anchor to our soul today. That's why if you're being attacked during the week and you're sitting there going, oh, please hurry Sunday and get there. You don't need to wait for Sunday. Bring Sunday to you. Bring the veil to you. You can enter in to His glory. That's what Colossians 1.24 says. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Christ in us, the hope of glory. That's great news. Christ in us. That's our hope. That is an anchor. That hope is like... Well, I tied a knot when I was preaching. I'll never get it out. (laughs) That hope is just what John did last week in my office. He tied his rope around that anchor. Amen? Come here, big boy. Raise your arms up. Now, but this could get exciting. Don't think I can win that tug of war, amen? Before, listen, before John came to my office Tuesday, his rope was attached to something. Amen, John? It just wasn't Jesus. It might have been things in this world. It could have been anything that you put your hope and faith in. It could even be another person. A preacher, a husband, a wife. And, and that's not, he said that this hope is a hope that's an anchor to our soul is attached to that thing which is behind the veil. That thing behind the veil is just what... That, who is behind the veil now, today? Listen, on an anchor, let me put it to you this way. When you're in a ship today, or you're in your boat or out in the ocean, and it's getting really, really rough, 
And I know even y'all's fishermen, when y'all go fishing, you want to mark a spot because you don't want to move because when the fish are biting, then you got to be there. Amen? So you take that anchor. He said, man, we got an anchor up here. The fish are down there. They are biting. We are in them. Drop that anchor. I mean, it'll go and go downward, 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 downward. And I've had my father-in-law's. He's got a big old giant metal anchor. And I, I grabbed that rope and just let it slide through my hands. And uh, I'm going, Bob, when's it going to hit bottom? Let it, keep it, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. I had hold of that anchor and it kept going down, down, down. Thump. And it hit bottom. He said, that's it. Hold on to it. Tie it off. We are lay a hold to that anchor. That anchor was attached to something solid, which is the bottom of the lake. Alright? The same way is when Jesus Christ died, today we don't cast our anchor downward, we cast it upward to the heavenly, or Jesus Christ is sitting on the right hand of the Father waiting to make intercession for you and for I. In the heavenlies. You're still casting your anchor, but spiritually you're casting it upward. To the one that is behind the veil. The veil has been ripped. And now Jesus, the Bible says, boldly approach His throne of grace. We have that opportunity. We have that privilege as children of God to boldly approach His throne of grace any time of the day. On your job, in your car, when it's just you and the devil's really, I mean, just attacking. You don't have to say, Brother George, help me. Just say, Jesus' name, help me. Jesus, I'm here. You can boldly approach where Jesus is at in His presence. Now, when you have an anchor, John now, you know what? Here's what John's anchor looked like last week. Every time he would, every time he'd get in trouble, he had Jesus, man, he'd go to pulling on that rope, and John pulled on that rope, pull, and he'd get to the end of his rope. And nothing was there. Man, I, I've done it. Before I, I would throw, I'll throw stuff out there. Man, I'll try to hook on to something that's good. And it might be something that's the most hip thing, the most latest thing. And I always come up short with nothing at the end of my rope. Y'all done it too, amen? I mean, the first greatest thing comes by. Amen? I mean, I don't want to lose weight, but boy, some weight people, they throw their rope out of there. Everything trying to grab it. I got to lose weight. Every diet that comes through, man, they're throwing their rope out there. Oh, man. Coming up short, nothing's at the end of their rope. Amen? But when John came in, and believe me, he had tried everything. Put his hope in everything, his faith. And always came up with nothing at the end of the rope. But then, I love it. When he knelt down and humbled himself and God broke him. And he invited Jesus into his heart. He got up that time and he cast his anchor out behind the veil and son, you are there now, John. Look at this. You're not going nowhere. I mean, it's there. You have got an anchor to your soul. Now, this anchor, listen, I love this. This anchor keeps me steadfast because there's, there's times I live in my flesh. And you bunch of mightier Baptists, you live in yours every day. Amen. Amen. I mean, I get two amens when I get that. Amen, amen. (laughs) Knock the halos off. You're in your flesh now. (laughs) And I get in my flesh, Tim. And sometimes things don't always get sanctified before they come out. 
Amen. Let me go over here. I got a holy bunch over here. Amen. Amen. All right. Boy, these two rows had hands up in them ever keeping them down. And sometimes I'm in my flesh. And sometimes I don't... I want to let you know a little bit about me and about you. We are not perfect. That's why I need an anchor to my soul. Amen? Because I live in my flesh and I need to hold on. It says lay hold of that anchor. I don't care what you got to do. You need to get a hold of that rope and hold on. I don't care if you got tied around, tied around you. But hold on to the anchor. I got to fix me up. If not, I'm going to get thrown. <laughs> now, I am attached to the anchor. John is what we look like. A believer looks like this right here. Attached to the one that's behind the veil which is Jesus Christ because when I'm in my flesh I don't always read the Bible like I should I don't always go to church and then my flesh starts see your flesh loves these things of the world you're made that way it loves to be prideful it loves anything that will draw you away from God the flesh loves it and so, this is what I love about my anchor. I mess up all the time. But thank God that anchor's got grace with it. And I'll walk off and I'll be going, man, I love this. And I'm in the new fad. And when I say new fads, the new fads spiritually. We all get into spiritual fads. And the latest thing to make us feel better. A quick fix. You, uh, you, we all like quick fixes. If not, go throw your microwave out in the yard when you get home. If you didn't like quick fixes, you wouldn't have one. But I'll get in my flesh and I get to liking being in the flesh. And I'm still a child of God anchored. But my flesh, and this is what I love about Jesus. He's behind the veil now. And I can boldly approach and I can go to Him and pray. And we can have fellowship because I'm laying hold to my anchor. And we've all done it. We've all been at this altar on Sunday and we've been so far away by Wednesday or Friday or Saturday night. Amen? But what I love about the anchor, Randy, is weekend might roll around or that tempting moment might roll around and I'll say, yes, 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 I can only go so far. Thank God His grace lets me go so far. It only lets me go so far in life. I may try to walk around this way and, and try something new over here. It won't let me do it. Thank God His grace didn't let me go. The Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered. You're sitting there saying, well, Brother George, you don't know what situation I'm in right now. If you only knew it, thank God you're anchored. Well, you don't know the storm I'm in, Brother George. I want to go right here. Thank God you're anchored. But I want to do it my way, Brother George. I know this is the best way. Thank God you're anchored. We always think what's best. And I'm so thankful that Jesus' grace keeps me in the storm. 
Because see, I've done this before. I want a quick fix. Even when I've messed up and sinned and I put myself there. Or I'm there because it's called life. Amen. I mean, I've disobeyed God and put myself there and I knew exactly why things were happening to me because I'm not in the will of God. But there's some things that I got in being that storms come upon me that God said, I'm trying to mature you. I've got a calling on your life to do something, but you can't handle it and you want to leave every little storm, but you ain't going nowhere, bud. God did that to me almost 17 years ago. I wanted a quick fix. Heal it, Lord. Bring him back. Oh, let's go. And I said, all right, this is great. I prayed. It's, oh. God said, you ain't leaving that storm. I'm going to hold you in that storm a little bit longer till you mature and grow up a little. I've got things for you. I'm ordering your steps. And you're going to be there one day. You're not mature enough for it right now. But you keep on trying to leave and leave. But you're not going nowhere. You're staying right in the middle of this storm until you learn the lesson. Amen. 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 You say, well, if you don't learn, you'll learn. (laughs) It'll get hot enough, you'll learn. You're going to wear out sooner or later. Not him, me. (laughs) Jesus never wears out. But my flesh can only do so much and it gets tired and worn out. And it tries and it tries just like John tried. Till your flesh finally breaks down and you come in and say, I don't know what's wrong with me. Something's going on in my life. What's happening? I can't get away from the storms. I'm broken. And God says, Zach, start reeling me in. I mean, God says, I told you. You know, I, oh wait, let, let me back up, let me back, back up, Jesus. I gotta pray, Jesus. Here's where, Je- here's where you'll get closer to Jesus. You're in that storm when God has you in that storm long enough, and you pray. You say, Jesus, I'm broken. All my pride and all of my flesh. That's the only time Jesus accepts us. There's hundreds of people go to altars every Sundays in churches. At their homes. But if it's all there in the flesh, God don't hear it. There's something blocking it. Oh, He still loves you and you're still His. Amen? You're still attached to that anchor. But if it's always about I, 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 me, 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 don't expect to get rejuvenated. Don't expect to see the supernatural in your life. The presence of God show up. When Isaiah in chapter 6 came in front of the temple, it says he had a contrite spirit. He come in a humble, broken state and said, Jesus, and I've been to this point. And if any of y'all are true followers of Jesus, you've been to this point. If not, God's still trying to get you there. Where I have actually got to my point where, let me get up here where y'all can see. I got to my point where, man, I, I'm trying to go, trying to do this, and I get finally broken. Say, Jesus, I can't run from you no more. I can't play this game no more. My flesh is tired. I'm weak. 
I've tried everything I can do. Everything has left me. I've almost lost it all. Jesus, I turn everything over my heart to you. Jesus, help me. And I'll get out there. And listen, when, when you come to that point in your spiritual walk, it's not one way. I start pulling, and Jesus starts pulling. I mean, He's drawing me back to Him. He's drawing me back behind that veil. He's drawing me. Now I have a contrived spirit. Jesus isn't going to force you to go behind this curtain. It's going to be a willing spirit that experiences Him behind the curtain. And I'm going to get news for you. Just showing up on Sunday, that don't cut it. I know some of y'all out there saying, well, I went to church today. That's all you did was go in a building. Because church is anywhere when I get behind the veil and I draw close to Him. The Bible says draw close to Him and He will what? Draw near to you. And He'll draw real close to me. And I get in fellowship. And the next time I want to run, and it don't matter next week, He's not going to let me go through that door. Amen? If you're a child of God. If your rope is attached to Jesus. I'm not talking about walking the aisle because someone else did. I'm not talking about being a member of a church. I'm talking about truly being hooked up at the end of your rope with Jesus. Amen? That's what it's about. I don't know where you're at this morning. But what is at the end of your rope? Remember Jesus. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. Amen. What is at the end of your rope this morning? Maybe that's why you're struggling so much. I got news for you. If all your hope is in the government... I think we the people has got smarter than that. <laughs> but you'll be amazed how people put all their life samples in the government. There's some people put all they have, all their chips of life to their job. It's what made them happy. It's what bought this house. It's what keeps me going. My job is everything to me. If it is, you got something out the wrong end of your rope. <laughs> It can be the same way for me as a pastor of this church. And all I want to do is build, build, build and see people come in. I got the wrong thing at the end of my rope. If us that are working in church as leaders, and it's not to glorify Jesus, because I know church people, they all, it wants to be about me and I. You say, how do you know? Because mine tries to creep up. And yours does too. Some of you are sitting in it right there today. It'll creep up. And I got and I'm thinking my, my anchor, oh I got my anchor, but it's tied to the wrong thing. I don't know where you're at this morning. Maybe you've been fighting Jesus for a long time. You're saved. You're hooked up. But every day when you leave this building, all you want to do is battle Jesus to go somewhere else. That's a miserable life. To walk into the presence of God and Him refresh you on Sunday. Know which way you're supposed to go. I've been there. I've come in on Sundays and God has showed me exactly 
in my prayer life where I need to go. But there's just something about I that can't do it. I've got to keep going the other way. But thank God, thank God, He held on to me. Because remember what I said. The strength is in the anchor, not in you. It's not in you. You may be here this morning. Maybe your rope's tied to something else. Maybe you never accepted Jesus. Amen? You say, why don't you preach it? Because there's people... I wish we could take a spiritual survey and really see the truth of how many lost people are in church. It'd blow your mind. Ask Mary. I'm so thankful that God convicted Mary in that hospital room. When Levi's mom took her last breath, that old rope started tugging on Mary's heart. It started tugging, saying, what's at the end of your rope? Mary had been in church all her life. She knew what to do in church. Three songs, take an offering, let's have services and go home. She knew what the Baptists believed, where they'd been, what they're supposed to do. But the problem is, is a lot of us do it because we're brought up that way and told to do it that way. But that doesn't mean the Holy Spirit said, thus saith the Lord, do it. Amen? A lot of us need a thus saith the Lord in our lives. A lot of us are guilty of that. I was guilty of that. Hey, whatever my Sunday school teacher taught, I believed it with all my heart. And, and, and you should because you're a child. But when I grew up and quit being a child, I put away some of the childish things and went behind the veil and let Him show me what was real. And I found out that some of that stuff I've been taught was man and not in the presence behind the veil from Jesus, my anchor. Amen? And that's where God's got to get you today. You need a thus saith the Lord. You may feel like you're a long ways from Jesus. All it takes is one prayer. And just start drawing closer. When you draw close to Him, He'll draw close to you. Amen? I love that. Zach, that's a pretty good picture illustration right there. I need to write a book on that one. Take my rope, big boy. We got to do that again so you don't forget it. Look at there, he's trying to tie me up. He says, well, George, how do I do that again? One prayer away. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and He'll lift you up. Not until you humble yourself. Because if you go to the altar and it's about I, you won't walk away from there being a living sacrifice. You'll still be dead as you was when you came. But when I pray, Lord, it, it, it's not about me no more. Lord, I'm tired of running from you. I'm tired of being so far. I want that feeling back of excitement in my spiritual walk. Jesus, I'm coming to you. Lord, help me. Cry out and say, help me, Jesus. And when I start pulling on that rope, he starts pulling me closer. Pulling me closer. Pulling me closer. He almost pulled me over that bench. You can let go, Jesus. What's the end of your rope this morning? Maybe you're to the point you're coming to the end of your rope. You've tried everything. That's the be- Really, that is. That's the best place you can be this morning is at the end of your own rope. Nowhere else to go but 
throw it upward to Jesus this morning. Amen. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Lord, we're thankful for that anchor. That anchor that's sure and steadfast this morning. Lord, if there's anyone here that is putting their rope on anything else, Lord, I pray that you would show us this morning. You would convict us. Draw us closer to you. Lord, you can be saved. and For 40 years, we all need to renew that faith. Lord, help us put our hope in you. That hope is a fact, not just a wishful thinking, but it's a promise of your word. Heavenly Father, let your spirit just have its way in this service. Move upon us. Lord, touch each heart here this morning. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And all God's people saying, let's all stand this morning. Where's my water? Can y'all hear my... this morning the altars are open just imagine Jesus standing behind the veil with his arms open saying come come forget about what anything about you forget about your past come and press forward to the high calling of Jesus Christ this morning lay hold of that which lay hold of you this morning back in your walk you gotta go behind the veil